You're listening to episode 70 with Mick O'Dwyer, CEO and founder of Swift Comply. This episode is brought to you by Moonshot Missions. Hey, everybody. This is Travis Loop, Communications Director for the Water Environment Federation. This is a podcast that is all about water in communication, branding, and storytelling, and the things that we can all be doing better. It's water in real life with my good friends and podcasting cohorts in crime, the H2 duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. Hey, water nerds. What's your moonshot? George Hawkins, former chief executive of DC Water, is president and founder of Moonshot Missions. Moonshot is a nonprofit organization seeking to disrupt the current approach to delivering improvements to water systems. Led by seasoned and skilled experts, Moonshot Missions designs replicable models that help utilities overcome the challenges they face in order to move forward. Moonshot can help you assess your system, select solutions from a pre-vetted menu of projects, plus develop innovative financing approaches. You are not in this alone. Moonshot Missions will help you collaborate with other leaders to work together, develop tailored mission plans, and share lessons learned. Together, you can build water systems that work more efficiently and effectively to protect and provide for the residents you serve while also saving your customers money. If you'd like to learn more or even share your own experience that might be helpful for a struggling utility to adopt and start on a positive path, visit moonshotmissions.org or email george at moonshotmissions.org. So you may be thinking, okay, H2 Duo, why are you interviewing the founder of a water tech software company about a book about, a children's book about fatbergs? And my answer to you is this. Ever since finding the U.S. Water Alliance's Art and Culture Initiative and learning more and more about different ways that we can talk about water in more fun and engaging ways in things like books and movies and poems and in art pieces, etc., I've just been noticing them a lot more. And so I was so excited to hear that our friend Mick O'Dwyer, who is founder and CEO of Swift Comply, was coming out with his own book. So Ariane couldn't be with me for the interview, but we have a special bonus of Ariane reviewing the book. So check it out. We talk about the book and we talk about everything from how to deal uh, with communicating when you have employees all over the place, why it's so important to have a dialogue with the people that you serve, some of the inspiration behind the book, and much more. So a little bit about Nick. As I said, he is the founder and CEO of Swift Comply, which is a communication platform that helps water authorities manage their compliance programs. They have over 400 customers in the U.S. covering fog, backflow, and other compliance programs. Uh, One of the things I love most is that before Swift Comply, Mick was a wastewater engineer in Dublin, Ireland, where he set up and managed Europe's first fog program. Living legend in the fog world. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So at WebTech 2019, it was a little weird for me because um, Ariane had to go home before the conference actually started because she wasn't feeling well. And so I did like four interviews by myself, which was scary, but I was like, we'll just do them and come back and we'll get like Ariane's take. So for Mix, because we talked so much about his book, we're going to have her do the first ever book review of Attack of the Fatbergs. (laughs) So first impressions. Um, First thoughts are... It's colorful and fun. It is longer than I expected. It's a comic book. I didn't see that coming. I don't know why. Would you read this um, book to your children? Uh, yeah. 
For sure. Okay. I would read it. I mean, they'd have a lot of questions, which would be kind of annoying because they're four. <laughs> but I would totally spend that time and answer them as four-year-old as I could. Okay, so what were... I think they would really like the use of words here. Some of them mm. are really funny. Um, I think gloopy was one of those that caught my attention. I really liked that. Fatbergs are gloopy. They are gloopy. And um, I love their use of educational flyers as a way to solve the problems. I think that's fantastic. Hey, it's one of the customer touch points. Yep. And um, I think my favorite pieces were, well, first of all, okay, guys. Okay, it starts out in a bar. So that was like, okay, you got my attention. (laughs) So like reading that to my kids, I'm like, okay, cool. You know where I'm going to be. There you go. Um, it ends life. in a bar, which yeah. totally, yes, thank you. Um, but let's think right in the centerfold, I think is my second to my second favorite photo. Um, because the hero, I'll just give this little tidbit. The hero, as they're blasting through, you know, time or whatever, the hero says, I shouldn't have eaten that egg salad sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because it's true. You should never eat an egg salad sandwich if you're going to time travel. It, you never know what might happen. You may need to bring extra pants. Yeah. So um, I actually my favorite favorite of all, which most people probably wouldn't get, um, is one at the end, um, the gloopy fatberg is just coming back from wherever they've been traveling and he peeks his head out the door and he just subtly says we're back but the little detail of this hiss coming out the side of this door is almost like he has just ripped a new one (laughs) and I think that's hilarious I don't know if that was intentional or not but it's an egg what do they call them easter egg an easter egg i took that as an easter egg as this fatberg just came back and tooted so loud there's also an easter egg of finding mick o'dwyer in the pages of the book but i won't give that away so good um, luck finding him so we're gonna chat with mick and we're gonna talk about the book and some other things in just a few minutes but be sure to reach out to them and get a copy of their book attack of the fatbergs it's fantastic it was inspired by mick's own daughter uh you know to so to help them understand what it is the weird things that we do every day (laughs) (laughs) so be sure to ask them for a copy take a pic of you reading the book with your kiddo and tweet it out tag them tag us and we want to see we want to see all the fatberg love all there challenge accepted i'll do that all right all right so um first of all super stoked to be here with mick o'dwyer did i say your name right you did yes from uh, Swift Comply. Uh, this is a little weird for me because uh, we're at WefTech 2019, but Ariane isn't here, which is super weird for me. She got sick and I had to send her home because otherwise she would have just worked through it and then made herself even worse. So this is really weird for me to be like doing this solo. So bear with me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm super excited about what we're about to talk to Mick about. But before we get to that, little suspense there. Um, one of the things that I really dig about you is that you came from the field. You used to do this work. And um, you so you talk the talk and you walk the walk. But, like, I still have to ask, though. Do you think that water chose you or that you chose water? 
think that's a good question. I think water chose me, and specifically Fatbergs chose me, <laughs> which is like that's a know. calling. I know it's like I sort of fell into it. I'm a civil engineer turned environmental engineer turned wastewater engineer just by, I guess, the path that I followed, and then somehow decided that rather than just doing it in Dublin and Ireland, that I was going to do it all over the world. Going to go international. Yeah, and here we are. I've been in the <laughs> U.S. for two years, and yeah, still still going strong. And you guys don't even know. We'll get to what I mean by going international, because like, Mick just takes this to a whole nother level. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm, I'm a little obsessed with the U.S. Water Alliance and their arts and culture initiative. Um, it's all about like partnering with folks in the world who do art such as books and music and poetry and all those kinds of things to begin conversations with our customers in a different way um, and so I really love when we communicate about our industry to our customers in cool ways and I love that you just had a book launch yes we're <laughs> super excited so yeah. tell us about this book I'm so stoked I'm looking at it right now the book is called attack of the fatbergs and it's a whirlwind adventure so without giving too much away, um, we set the scene. It's Thanksgiving night, and obviously everyone's doing their turkey dinners. There's lots of fat oil and grease going down the sewers, and basically the sewers have just had enough. And had enough. They're done. There is sewage spewing everywhere all over the world, and our superhero, which is Mr. Fatberg, decides it's time to do something about that, and he <laughs> assembles a group of heroes, and there's a little bit of a Back to the Future vibe about the book. Ooh, and they okay. They go back in time, and obviously some of our team at Swift Comply help them out, and we go and change the course of the future, and then zoom back to the future, and everything is, well, we'll see how everything ends how up. How everything turns out. But Do yeah. you make an appearance in the book? I have a small cameo. Oh, a cameo. Okay. <laughs> so, see if you can spot it, and then post it on Twitter. I um, will 100% post that on Twitter. The, the illustrator was probably kind and maybe better looking than I actually am in real life, but there you go. Nice. Um, and there's a couple of heroes. So, like, Dr. Fogg is a professor in University College Dublin that I've been working with for 10 years, and he's deeply passionate about following Greece and solving this problem. And then we have Captain Fogg, who's uh, based off of Barry Orr, who's out of London, Ontario, and who has been leading the charge against wet wipes and fat oil and grease for many years. So, so it's inspired by true events. Oh I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> to, an extent, to an extent. To an extent. Okay. Okay. So taking a step back, though, what was what was the inspiration behind it? Like, what's the story of how this came to being? Yeah, I guess for me, I have a nine-year-old daughter who, I mean thinks I'm cool but my work <laughs> is the most boring thing in the world to her because I'm constantly telling her not to put wipes down the toilets yeah. and pouring grease down the drains and she yeah. never really understood why and a couple of years ago I got a book and it was a kid's book about fatbergs and it was written by the same co-author of this book and I was reading it to her a bedtime story and all of a sudden she got so excited and so into it and I was like wouldn't it be cool? There's all these people working in the industry who struggle to communicate to their kids about what they do or why it's important. And yeah. this was a really nice way to do it. So I was like, wouldn't it be cool if like we could bring that to the masses? And actually, one of the characters is sort of inspired by my daughter in the book. Aww. So I was like, I just wanted to have something that was funny and kind of educational, but not like overbearingly educational, something they'll remember. And yeah. kind of, if I can give that gift to 
the industry and they can pass it on to their kids, then I that's think the future your will be a better place. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, plus, we like to have fun, and this was a really fun project to work on in the kind of day to day. So it kind of was good for my whole team to get behind and. Are you guys really like to have fun? I didn't know that about you. <laughs> 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 that is awesome. So, how do you plan? Um, how do you plan to use this as kind of part of Swift Complies ma- taking over the universe marketing strategy? I know that you don't have your marketing brain with you right He's now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I better be careful how I answer. Or <laughs> you tell me. I mean, no. I mean, for m- this was like a pet project for me, where I was like, wouldn't it be great? Rather than just like, I feel there's so much noise and like people talking about features and why they're the best. I was like, yeah. our mission really is to help the world prevent fatbergs, and this just advances that. And it's so we're giving away the book for free. Sweet. You go to our website. There's a link, swiftcomply.com, Attack of the Fatbergs. Uh, you give your name and address, and we'll ship one right out to you. Um, and we just want to be part of the conversation and, ha- and give people something to talk about. So our only ask is if you read the book post a picture or tell us what you like or don't like about it and yeah see if you can spot me in there this is going to be my call to action though is that like i was really campaigning hard for them to first with comply to have a story time with mick while we were at WebTech, and i like envisioned mick with like a a tweed jacket with like <laughs> a pipe at the beer garden with some pure water brew just reading this to the audience uh in his amazing accent and so um because that didn't happen, I think my call to action for everyone who gets this book is to like, like you said, take a picture reading this with your with your kid and tweet it out and um, yeah, be awesome. and tag and tag Swift Comply and Mick as well because he's on Twitter as well. So, well, it's super. Um, what's up with the with the illustrator? Like, how did you find him? So this guy, he's awesome. His name is Nathan Wright, and he wrote a short story about Fatberg and drew a character a few years ago and I think it basically sat in the wilderness and somehow we came across it and loved it because it was so yeah. aligned with what we do and we just sort of reached out and said hey do you want to like work on this project and you know I mean he's the one who brought it to life right we yeah. we had the idea but he was the one who was able to piece it together because we're not well I'm not really yeah that's not my my, my jam <laughs> so he's, go- he's good he's fun I think we're going to do more projects with him um, it's been really fun working with him and uh, yeah, I know. Who knows what's next? Was he stoked that somebody saw something he did about Fatbergs and was like, "Yeah, dude, let's do a book." Yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> a funny guy. Like, I think he thinks we're a bit strange. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm one hundred percent. I'm sure I don't he think does. Anyone has called him up that excited about his work before, and he, you know, it's really nice. Like, he basically read about a Fatberg in a sewer, which plagues every city in the world, and was yeah. like, "I'm going to write a book about it." And it just sort of turned out that we uh, we ended up taking it to the next level with him and I mean we're there was talk of us dressing up as the Fatbird character for WebTech but we said that that would be a bit too far I don't think so I think so yep I think you guys should have gone as far as you could (laughs) with this I mean it's amazing but that's not the only reason that uh you guys are are awesome because we're definitely fans of you guys but um so communicating creatively isn't always about things like cool books that you do you know sometimes it's just about creating a dialogue with others about how to make something better so one of the things that I really like about you guys at Swift Comply is that you engage with your users and you said that you call it product discovery yeah product or customer discovery so it's all about how we can help our customers succeed by using our products or tools and 
I think a key part of it is is that the industry is still figuring out the best way to solve these problems. And if yeah. we, we're working across so many cities and countries and we see a lot of different things and our whole idea is that we should be able to share those ideas with other customers, friends, people who are thinking about doing something better yeah. or, or trying something new. So it's hard. I mean, we've 450 customers. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're supposed to speak to them all every quarter. Um, so that's what you're doing. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Always, it's hard to schedule everything, right? Um, we do try to do like kind of meetups and stuff when yeah. we know people are going to like a local event. We'll try to do a meetup and we're getting better at it. Like we're not perfect, but we just feel that it's when I used to work for the city, we used to have a vendor that sold us our software and they check in once a year, which is right when the next check was due. And I just it got really annoyed because I felt like a shakedown and yeah. the price always went up. And we were like, yeah, we wanted to be sort of different. And we we're like, well, how about we just engage and like, you know, we send out newsletters and we kind of we make it really easy for our users or customers to talk to us. Um, but it's. Yeah, I won't say we succeed in quarterly, but if we can do it like twice a year, I think that's that's good. I mean, A for effort, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. you know, um, got to start somewhere. I mean, it's awesome that you're having conversations with them to kind of figure out either, you know, what are some changes or adjustments that need to be made, but also having them kind of be part of the story of, you know, what can you innovate next? Uh so why do you think having those conversations, I mean, you kind of touched on that, kind of like the strategic crowdsourcing of ideas. Um, why do you think that's sort of, sort of important to creating solutions that people will actually get behind and adopt? Yeah, so that's that's the core principle that we operate on. Like, So we're a software company, but really we're a communication company. We help our customers communicate with their regulated businesses. Yeah. And... I guess to answer your question, a lot of software companies, you buy a license and then that's it. And then you pay maintenance mm -hmm. or whatever for 10 years maybe, who knows? Like, just like that's just so common. Whereas we're software as a service, which means that we're not constantly improving and innovating. Someone else is gonna come along with a better solution. So we're like, well, why don't we be the best solution? The way to be the best solution is actually to learn about what the users actually want and not what I think they want or what somebody yeah. else thinks they want, right? Or you know, so I think that's actually probably what sets us apart from most other companies in our space is that we're constantly changing, adapting, and, and improving all of our solutions, including the offline material. So we do a lot of, well, the book is one, it's probably the most fun one, but we do do like educational materials for businesses in multiple languages. And a lot of cities just share them or want to share them, but like customer in Florida doesn't necessarily know what someone in Washington is yeah. doing and yeah. there's no real way of easily finding out and we try to be that conduit of showcasing our our customers and connecting them so that we can help each other out because generally yeah. like we're all part of the same mission right we're all here to do the same thing so yep that's, our, that's my view anyway no I agree I agree um so I kind of mentioned before that uh Mick is <laughs> Takes it international. I just asked him how many time zones he was across, and you said seven. Yeah, we're seven. <laughs> I think we're, we're 22 people in five countries and seven time zones, which it can get a bit crazy to manage. <laughs> My day starts early and ends late. I think I think we have 22 hours coverage across the, the oh working God. day. So almost 24 seven, all 365. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't done we haven't done Asia, Australia yet, and that'll be pretty much 
yeah. global. But it's we're probably a little bit stretched. We just kind of have been, you know, it's just our story. Making it work. On our story, yeah. Yeah. So we're yeah. fully remote, which means we have to be really good at communicating internally. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always succeed, but we we try. Yeah. So. Um, I love that you guys recently uh, got the whole team together in person. Uh, in Vegas, right? Yes, yeah, quite a couple of days in Vegas. So why do you think it's so important for remote teams like yours to get together like that in person from time to time? Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's just like a course correcting, Mm. make sure we're aligned. And also, I mean, we speak generally most days as a team, um, but it's true video. And we do video calls as like, we're big proponents of of Zoom, and that's pretty much like our life. And... (laughs) But yep. like we had people who've been working together for like eight months and never met each other in person. And it's sort of like, we just do it twice a year where we'll bring the kind of, the main leaders of each function in the business together. And then really it's just about setting out our goals and objectives, measuring our performance. And then the most important part is probably actually just spending time together. And for me, it's like other companies have the cost of running an office and, and real estate costs. We don't yeah. have that, right? So travel. We, we spend it on that travel. So our next one is coming up in Scottsdale in like December. And we're wow. looking forward to that. So the locations you pick really suck. I Nick. mean, yeah, we we, <laughs> we like to uh, yeah we like to go to fun places. I mean, we might as well. Yeah, yeah. when I get everyone together because it's also a team building situation too. So um, you kind of mentioned on how um, you that internal communication is so important. So what's kind of the biggest lesson that you've learned in in that? In, in, in internal communication yeah like maybe some place where you're like hey remote teams don't do this because I did this <laughs> and yeah, it was like I think it's just communicating early and often and mm. if yeah I'm probably over communicating which it feels tedious and I guess for me as the leader of the business it's the hardest because everything is communicating up and you're trying to manage how to do that and at first it was just a tsunami of messages we use slack I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with slack mm-hmm. That was just to, to trim down our email consumption, but actually it just moved it all to Slack. And yeah. Whereas now what we do is everyone knows what the mission is and how their job contributes to that, and then everyone is free to make their own decisions, and, and basically as long as it advances the mission. And then it's just quick updates, like daily stand-ups. Oh. So, so, yeah, so we, <laughs> I guess, to answer your question, don't do – well, make sure you buy – you have the tools to help your team succeed, and then it's just checking in. <laughs> like we gotta take a pause for a minute because um, <laughs> a crocodile or just came in. <laughs> oh, Niles, a crocodile. Niles, a crocodile. Thanks for the candy, Thanks, bro. Niles. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, let me say, uh, we're doing a podcast, Water in Real Life. Oh, this is um, Wef's. Yeah, Wef's the crocodile, cheese. the big cheese. Oh, M- Niles. Yeah. Uh, Niles, I'm a croc. <laughs> <laughs> a croc, uh, oh, nothing. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not, I didn't say it. Nope. Hey, but it is Wef, so we should be okay. <laughs> he's shushing me. All right, he's out. She's out? Don't know. It's mystery. So, never had that happen before. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah. So, we try to imitate the best companies in the world and do what they do. Yeah. And it's sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and we're probably not afraid to make mistakes and for me it's you know if you talk about it 
you can solve pretty much any problem. That's true. It's all about communication. Um, okay, so we're gonna go into what we call the lightning round. Mm, <laughs> the lightning round. As long as no more crocs come in, I mean. As long as no more crocodiles come in. Uh, okay, so what is a book? I don't know. You travel a lot, so I don't know if you get to like ever read books. But what's a book so you've read that's like your favorite? I do like audio books that counts. and podcasts okay. all the time. And okay, give me one of each then. My can I can I say your podcast? I listen to your podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, um, yes, you can endorse my book. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can. <laughs> so picking another one, I suppose there's kind of two themes in everything I do. One is on water and wastewater and the environment, and then the other is on startups and building yeah. businesses. Mm -hmm. So I think probably more interesting for your listeners to hear about some of the other ones, like the business ones. So yeah. book I like the hard things about hard things. Mm. is about it's it's Mark Andreessen who's a venture capitalist in Silicon Valley and it's about building a business which is really hard and from the ground up and everything that can go wrong yes everything that can go right and you know it's one step forward two steps back and so yes. forth it's a really really good read actually it's kind of very practical lots of examples and the podcasts let me see so my favorite podcast is actually Masters of Scale you should listen to it it's Reid Hoffman, who's the LinkedIn co-founder, okay. and he, his podcast is done in a storytelling style, so it's ah. really, really easy to listen to, and you'll learn so much. So it's kind of in the theme of this, of this podcast. Oh, but I appreciate I, I that. Would, I would uh, check it out. So they're probably the two, two recent ones that okay. I've done. Um, I don't get to read any fiction anymore. <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of reports on water. So yes. Kind of my my downtime is actually sports, business, or water. Okay. Podcasts is kind of my drive a lot, so I do that a lot. Good. What's something you do every day that drives your productivity? Ooh, so that's a good question. So I walk my dog every morning before I start work, mm -hmm. and that's sort of my 20, 30 minutes of getting some fresh air and getting ready for the day. It's supposed to be a jog, but it turns into a walk <laughs> more often. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it starts uh, as a jog. That's how mine are, yeah. 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 There you go. But I Even think if it's, it's only in my mind that it's supposed to be a jog and it's just a walk the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, I start at six because my team in Europe are already on and I just kind of have to go if I don't get up and go. So, and I have this, I keep repeating to everybody, like to the best way to get something done is just start because, yes. you know, you can't plan for everything and mm -hmm. it's just like start and then react. And that's kind of how I do it. Like I light a lot of fires and... <laughs> And some people just like to watch the world burn. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, I, that's what I do. I just kind of start and I try. I wouldn't say I'm the most productive person in the world. I have fits and bursts. Like yeah. some days are great, some days are bad. I but think uh, that's most people, if they're being honest. Yeah. Not everyone yeah. is like productive all the time. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's so hard, especially when you're a startup. Yeah, there's a lot of shifting priorities. So yes. I m uh, my advice is like just start or just do it like that's kind of one of the most frustrating things working in water is actually because it's water and it's sensitive and there's health public health is at stake it can take a long time oh yeah to take relatively low risks and for me you know i'm like go big yeah just do it yeah that's so. the i think the ongoing struggle with entrepreneurs startups working in this space is that it's historically yeah. this more conservative slow to move industry dealing with like 
people who essentially left because they wanted to do things like like you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting yeah. dance that we do. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, and it takes a while to get used to that, and you kind of really have to well communicate right and yeah. understand priorities. And sure, it gets frustrating. I think that's everybody, but it's like you got to look at it from their perspective and. We've got a lot better at it, actually, just helping people get to it and get to where they need to be and at their own pace, right? You can't force it. You kind of have to nurture it, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so this is the last question I ask everyone. Okay. Um, and if you listen, you probably know what's coming or maybe not because you forgot. But um, so, like, in, in Ariane and I's line of work, it's about behavior change. And so we used to have people say to us, well, what's the point if I change? I'm just one person. It's not going to make a difference. And so, like, we, of course, always wholeheartedly disagreed with that because we believe that one person making a change, you know, it can be contagious. So you never know what you could inspire in someone else. So what is the one thing that you are most passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? So that's actually, I was thinking about this. <laughs> and that's basically the reason we did this book, right? Because we think that us making the decision to do this book, and I think we've got a thousand copies to give away, that's one thousand. Like I think of the classroom. Like I'm going into my daughter's classroom next week to mm. read the book, mm -hmm. and I'm like, that will impact all of those kids in some way. That's yeah. my hope, and I'll give them all a copy, and hopefully they'll tell their siblings. So that like, that one decision of hey, I think we should do a book, actually could go from one thousand copies into many, many multiples, and ultimately, if it stops one fatberg from polluting our waters, then it's probably worth it, right? So yeah. That's kind of why so I would be on your side. I would agree wholeheartedly. And I think you kind of hiding behind the whole, well, I make no difference is. It's a cop out. It is a cop out. And I think for me, it's like, well, if, you know, it's back to my mantra of like the best way to get something done is just start. And if you yep. don't start and wait for the other person to do it, then it's just not going to happen. So yeah. Get busy living or get busy dying. Ooh, okay. Wait, I know where that's from. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yeah, all day. Okay. Well, um, I know that WebTech is wild and crazy and that it's, I'm stoked that you even had the time to pop in and, and chat for a bit. So um, I'm excited about the book. I told him that he needs to sign my copy. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so I'll be walking around. Uh, I'll like the only signed copy. I'm gonna have my own. I'm gonna have story time with Stephanie, and I'm gonna read it. And yeah, I don't have should. as as epic as an accent <laughs> as you do, but you're like it's not really epic. It's just how we sound it's in Ireland. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, everyone at home. <laughs> oh no, no you're thanks not. Thanks so much for having us on. And yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, fellow water nerds. Help us spread the word. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, Those who tell the stories rule the world.